Hey, this is Joey Rumble. I'm the pastor of Summerbrook Church in Somerville, South Carolina, and this is our podcast. I hope the message you listen to today speaks to your heart and helps you connect with Jesus and grow in Him. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the message. Hey, everyone. It's so, uh, it's so great that God uses each and every one of us to make waves, whether you're an adult, you're uh, your child, your parent, your aunt, uncle, niece, nephew, caretaker, guardian, whatever it is, uh, God uses each one of us to make waves. And over the past three days uh, and, and today, we try to give uh, a little bit of teaching on in different ways, uh, whether it's um, we communicate it verbally. Uh, sometimes we uh, visual learners need to see it. And so um, throughout this uh, it, just just open your hearts up, and we're going to be in Matthew 14. If you want to grab your Bibles, we're in Matthew 14. Now, upstairs in Kids See, we want to make sure that these kids know where the truth is. A lot of ki- a lot of people out there want to tell them uh, where their truth comes from, or uh, culture tries to tell them who they are and how they're supposed to live. And, and so we believe uh, God's truth is in the Bible, and we always want to teach a little bit of Bible knowledge uh, before. So I'm going to need your guys' help, as always. Uh, there's two sections of the Bible. Uh, there's the front and the back. I try to tell them that. And one is called the Old Testament. Can you guys say Old Testament? And the next part is the New Testament. Everybody say New Testament. And so the Old Testament is all about Jesus before he came to the earth. And the New Testament is all about Jesus after he came and then the, uh, the apostles and their acts and uh, everything that happened with the disciples afterwards. And so um, in the first book of the Bible is Genesis. Everybody say Genesis. Genesis. Yep. And on of day one, we use Genesis to help show that they are a creation and God made them all with a purpose. And so today we find ourselves in Matthew 14, verse uh, 22. And so it is the, it's when Jesus walks on the water and then following when Peter walks on the water. So in, in Matthew 22, let me give you a little backstory. Jesus had just fed 5,000 people, and he fed the 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. And after everyone had eaten, uh, Jesus wanted to get away. He wanted to go up into the mountain. So he went to the top of the mountain or into the mountain, or on, and he started praying to God. He, he just wanted to rest and, and talk to his father and, and just get everything out and let him know what's happening. Uh, and then he told the disciples, disciples, I want you guys to go across the Sea of Galilee to the other side, uh, and I will meet you over there. All right, so then after Jesus sent the crowd away, he went up. Later that night, when the disciples were a long way from land, they, they, a strong wind was blowing against their boat, and they were being pounded by the waves. Your backs into it. There we go. We okay. Need a bigger boat. Wow, you guys are really great at making waves. All right, so I don't want, uh, and so just before sun came up, the disciples saw something in the water. It was Jesus, but they didn't recognize him at first because he was walking on top 
of the waves. And he wanted to be sure that, uh, and sorry, he was walking on top of the waves and as he was coming right after them. And they, and they said, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. What is that? Paddle, come on, come on, come on. Paddle, and paddle, they paddle. cried out in fear. Ah! And just before, but Jesus called out to them. This is Matthew 14, 27. Ah! Paddle! Ghost. Matthew 14, 27 says, uh, But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And so Peter says to, uh, to Jesus, he says, Lord, if it is really you, call me out onto the water. Lord, if it is really you, call me out onto the water. And Jesus said, come. And, and, okay, but, but so Peter got out onto the water and he walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. Lord, help me. Save he, me. He cried out, Lord, save me. Lord. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and saying to him, oh, you of little faith. They walked into the boat together. Thank you, Jesus. All right. They walked into the boat together, and, and after Jesus and Peter were in the boat with the other disciples, the wind died down completely. The disciples worshiped Jesus. They said, you really are the Son of God. You really are the Son of God. Thank you, Jesus. It is not a ghost. It is the one high God. And so let's give our actors a big hand. Let's give our actors a big hand as they leave the stage. So this is, a, this is a pretty amazing story. The disciples had watched so many miracles, and they had seen Jesus do so many different things. And, and, and Peter, he, he had the faith. He believed in, what, in, in the things that Jesus had did. And he said, if you really are the Son of God, call me out and something. He said, come. And he stepped out. And he walked on the water, and he kept his eyes on Jesus. But it was when he faced difficult circumstances whether that's uh, you had a bad week, whether that's you got in trouble at school, whether that's your mom or dad or somebody tried to tell you to do something and you disobeyed. You know, sometimes when we get in trouble, sometimes when, when we are facing tough and difficult situations, we don't want to keep our eyes on Jesus. And that's when we start to sink. That's when we start to fall. But we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. That way we can be assured and know that he is our ultimate lifesaver. So with that, I'm going to bring Pastor Joey up. He's going to continue in our, uh, with this story uh, in red letters. Let's give him a hand.
Give it up for Miguel. Uh, before, we, before we dig into this passage of Scripture even more, uh, if you throw that picture up again of the team, the kids, and the, the team that served, uh, just give it up for that entire team and all the kids. Um, it, it was so impressive watching this team serve all week and uh, touching people's lives and uh, what God's doing in them and what God's doing in our kids' ministry, our kids, our leaders in the kids' ministry, also what God is doing in all of the lives of our teenagers and our youth ministry and all the leaders there. I just stand in amazement of how God is touching people's lives. And so I just want to encourage you, uh, this is just the beginning. God's just getting started with what he's doing here at Summerbrook Church. And so uh, the best is yet to come. I want to encourage you to lean into the Lord. And as Peter stepped out of the boat, I want to encourage each one of you to step out of the boat and each thing the Lord speaks for you to do, to be obedient to it. All week long, I just loved uh, what God was doing in the leaders and the kids' lives. It was just such an awesome to be a part of it. And I only had one job. I, I had one job, by the way, I did my job well. Uh, my job was to get the Freezy Pops there at the end of the service so all the kids could have Freezy Pops as they left each day. Yeah, that's right. Every day I had Freezy Pops. And speaking of that, I did my job today too as well. There will be Freezy Pops for the adults and the kids as you leave today. So all adults, kids, help yourself to Freezy Pops as you leave. We got blue ones, we got some red ones in honor of July 4th, and then we got some that look like white, okay? So uh, help yourself to some freezing pops at the end for all the kids and adults. You know, this, this is a powerful story about Jesus walking on water, and it just, it, it's such a faith builder for all of us, and, and I want you to know that once in my life, I attempted to walk on water as well. I sure did. I attempted, and I somewhat succeeded. And so I was a teenager, and we used to hydroslide, and uh, or if you may come, you call it kneeboarding. And so we we had read. A, this was pre-internet days, so we read it somewhere, but not online. And so we would kneeboard, and we discovered that you could actually barefoot ski off of a off of a water slide. And so uh, I was the first one to attempt this. Not sure why I was first. Not sure. I'm still thinking about that because it was not a good picture. So I'm on my knees, and we learned that you turn around and you sit on it. So then I, I, I sit on the hydro slide, and the next thing what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to put both your feet into the water. So I'm holding on to the ski rope, and then my feet come off the hydro slide, and I put my feet into the water, and I, I, I barefoot ski. Well, I attempted to walk on water, barefoot ski. I attempted. What I did do was I got flipped like five or six times, forgetting to let go of the ski rope when it didn't work. Because I popped up. I did pop up and did flips and flips and flips. Finally, before I, uh, I succumbed to all the water, I let go of the ski rope. And that was my one attempt at walking on water. So I can identify with Apostle Peter. Matter of fact, anyone in here ever barefoot ski and like succeeded at it? Anyone? Okay. All right. Anyone ever tried to barefoot ski? 
Okay. Oh, we got a few out here. All right. Cool. 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 Any on the right side? All right. Way to go. Wayne Cassell. Way to go, man. All right. So, uh, and uh, so I just want you to know that uh, this story is really uh, impactful. So let's dig into it together. Pull out your message notes and follow along with me as we journey together. As Miguel shared, I, I want to. I got five fill-ins for you, and I got to it in the first service, so I think we can get to it in the second service. The first one is in verse twenty-three. Where Jesus said, up on the mountain, by, as the disciples went, they went about, uh, uh, scholars believe they were about three miles from shore on, uh, when Jesus had started to walk on water. And so that for a, scripture says that Jesus was up on the mountain a long time. Matter of fact, it says that uh, the fourth watch of the night was when he was walking to him, which is three to six in the morning. So Jesus is up on the mountains by himself to pray, getting alone with God in preparation for his ministry to Gentile regions and obviously after that for his arrest, betrayal, crucifixion in Jerusalem. And, and so he's it's concentrated with the Father. So our first fill-in is we need to get alone with God. If Jesus needs to get alone with God, each one of us need to make sure that we get alone with God, that we cultivate uh, a, 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 an intimate, powerful prayer life. And, and so I want to encourage each one of you, uh, it's, from this story, we need to continue to develop this prayer intimacy with the Lord and getting in Scripture and, and being alone with God. We, we have a few areas that can help you uh, with that. We have an 8 a.m. Uh, prayer meeting on Thursdays that we'd love for you to be a part of. And then we do 21 days of prayer that's coming up in August. You'll start in a few weeks to hear us really pushing that as well, where we lean in 21 days of prayer in August as well as in January. Uh, because we believe that Jesus won the victory on the cross. But we go in and take it on our knees. And so I want to encourage you. Jesus sets this example that it is so important to cultivate an intimate prayer life with the Lord. So the first thing each one of us need to do is learn to get alone with God. The second thing it, it, we see here is that we'll, Jesus is walking on the water. And the boat by this time was a long way from shore, for the wind was against them. In the fourth watch of the night, 3 to 6 in the morning, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. That word in the Greek, take heart, is to be emboldened with courage. The Lord is saying, be emboldened with courage. Take heart. I know you see the storms. You're seeing me walk on the water, but hey, be of good courage. Take heart. Then he says, it is I. Those words are the, the same words of I am. The I am statement that was made in Exodus when God spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. Also thinking about uh, the, in the book of John, the seven I am statements. This morning, uh, one of the ones I was reading is, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am, you know, that God is our substance, our source. So we get alone with God, but then we need, each one of us need to learn to take heart, to be emboldened with courage, not on our own natural abilities, 
This isn't something we can be emboldened with courage. Suck it up, Joey. Let's go. No, no. We're emboldened with courage because he says, it is I. God is who he says he is. I, he says, I am. And so in your life, he's, I want you to know, no matter what you're facing, the Lord is saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Regardless of what you're facing with your life right now, and all of us are facing a certain levels of challenges, remember to take heart, to be emboldened with courage from the Lord. And Peter answered him, verse 28. And Peter answered, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. The third thing we need to realize here is get out of the boat. Now let's, let's put this in perspective, okay? Peter is attempting to walk on water. This is crazy, right? He's attempting to walk on water. You ever attempted to walk on water? I did. You heard what happened to me when I attempted to walk on water. I mean, this is crazy. So what makes this uh, not a careless courage or a careless adventure? I mean, think of it. When you're uh, leading in your business, leading somewhere in uh, uh, the community, leading in your family, wherever, and, and you take a step crazy like walking on the water, if you fall and everyone that's following you falls as well, you're looked at not a courageous leader, you're looked at a careless, as a careless leader. So what, what's, what's the difference here? Jesus said to come. That's the big deal here. He stepped out of the boat, but he wasn't careless. It was, it was a, 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 an emboldened courage because Jesus said to come. I believe God is asking every one of us to step out of the boat and be obedient to what the Lord says, not your own devices and your own ideas, but what is the Lord telling you to do where you should be getting out of the boat? Where have you just kind of settled and, and you're, you're in the boat when God has called you to be walking on water in your personal life in certain areas? I, I believe God's speaking to every one of us to get out of the boat. This week I was, I was watching so many leaders pour into these kids, shaping, molding the next generation for the kingdom of God. I just got so fired up watching these people get out of the boat and make a difference for the Lord. God is doing something in our midst that's very, very special. I want to encourage you. You are called to get out of the boat. And do what God's called you to do. What is it you've been afraid of, but you know that you know God's saying come. God's saying come. Learn to step out of the boat. Let me, let me give to you guarantees. Well, I'm not sure what. Let me give you some guarantees. When God's word says it, each one of us is to obey exactly what God's word says. We're to get out of the boat. We don't think about it. God says this, we walk in obedience to what the Word says. It's beautiful how there's so much we don't have to guess. I'm supposed to love my wife as Christ loved the church. I don't have to guess about it. It doesn't make it easy. Well, she's amazing, so it's a little bit easier. But uh, So, that wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so, but, you know, I know that I'm to lay my life down for my wife. I'm to be as, as Christ was for his church. I don't have to think about it. It's getting out of the boat. Now, there's some specific callings each one of us are called to do that God doesn't speak clearly in the word. But we see the principle, and then we go to godly Christians, and we've taught about how to discover God's will, and we'll talk about that in the future. But let, let's, let's keep rolling. The, ne the next one is, but when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. He was fined when he kept his eyes on Jesus. But when he took his eyes off Jesus, he wasn't fine. That's when he began to sing. When he began to look at the storms. Church, I want you to know it is so easy to get distracted and take your eyes off Jesus and, and get bombarded by the storms of life, and then you begin to sink. You begin to be gripped with anxiety. You begin to be gripped with fear because we forget and we take our eyes off of Jesus. There was this uh, statement they would make it at, at VBS. Uh, Miguel, what was that? What would you say? Yeah, one, two. In this case, it's one, two eyes on Jesus. That when we're facing storms of life, make sure that our eyes stay on Jesus. Now, Miguel read this uh shared this scripture, and we saw uh, him grab Jacob by the hand, Peter, in the boat when he started walking on the water. But I want to give you a very clear, what I believe, insight of scripture is saying here that I believe can speak to each one of us. So Jacob, give it up for Jacob as he comes back up on the stage. So, so Jacob's walking on, on the water, right? Like, so you're walking on the water, right? And so scripture says this, uh, that you begin, you look at the storms, yeah, and you begin to sink. And then scripture says this, immediately Jesus reached out his hand. Oh, Jesus. He reached out his hand. And sometimes when we read this scripture, we think he reached out his hand and he said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Or we may even read into it even more. You of little faith, why did you doubt? Let's make sure we see what it's showing here. It says he took him by the hand, and then it says took hold of him. The Greek is seized, took hold of. I believe what he did is that he took hold of him by the hand. He grabbed his hand and took hold of him, seized him. And he said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Remember, this is Peter. He's soon to be the, the, the spokesperson of the church. He's their main communicator. When the Spirit's poured out, he's the one that steps up with the 12 and declares the word of God. Jesus here is coaching him. He's training him. He's saying, hey, Pete, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? You're going to do amazing things for me, Pete. Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they get in the boat. He seizes him. I want you to know. I believe the Lord is taking hold of each one of us by the hand and he's seizing us and letting us know, hey, you have little faith in this area. Why'd you doubt? Not in condemnation, but in building you to grow more because he's got more for you. 
He wants each of us to learn to get out of the boat. And those times when we begin to sink, okay, we were lacking some faith, so he wants us to grow in it. Amen. Let's give it up for Jacob. So each one of us needs to keep our eyes on Jesus. And number four, number five, when he got into the boat, they worshiped Jesus. The only fitting response is to worship Jesus and knowledge that he is the son of God. You don't worship your bank account. Gas prices are affecting that right now. You don't worship your status. You don't worship your friends. You don't worship your past. I know you wish you would have gotten a start in T-ball All-Stars and you sat at the bench. It's time to get over it. We worship Jesus because he's our creator. He loves us. He seizes hold of us and holds us and lets us know he loves us. When we stumble and start to sink, he picks us up. Church, I believe that God's got good plans for every one of you. Where are you when Jesus is saying, come, you're being disobedient, you're not getting out of the boat in obedience? Where is it? I believe God's starting to speak divinely right now in Jesus' name to every one of us. Where do you need to take courage to be emboldened with courage to take heart? Church, it always circles back to getting alone with God first. Any, we got any softball players in here? Got any softball players? Grew up playing softball? Remember when you were in a slump? What would the coach tell you? Hit the, hitting, they'd say hit the ball up the middle. Hit the ball up the middle. If you're in a slump spiritually, let me give you a couple of tips. One is, how's your alone time with God? And two, when's the last time God told you to do something? Were you disobedient? So let's come back to that and be obedient. Those are two of the areas that are just basics. There's more, but those are two of the up-the-middle things that we need to do to check on that. I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer and commitment to the Lord to remember it is I that we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you that you're an amazing God. You are so amazing. We pray that you would continue to pour your spirit out upon us. God, I pray that you would continue to use us to reach your city for your glory. We love you so much, Lord. I, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would help every kid, every adult, get out of the boat, be able to decipher what you're saying come, and that we'd be obedient to it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said together, amen, amen. Man, let's give it up to the Lord. Let's worship him.